Out Loud, where we discuss polyamorous relationships and queer sexuality with your hosts, Rowan and Rose. transgender woman um yeah you picked a new one recently that i liked selino what selino file file is that mm-hmm. selino file yeah it's my middle name for a reason it's so pretty <laughs> you're so pretty and i'm rose a polyamorous pansexual kinky married woman this woman awesome i was hoping there was more but i'm kind of a selena file yeah yeah the moon's beautiful it's so big and so beautiful love it so um today we are talking about uh negotiation and um structuring relationships um Part of the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is that um, more and more often as um, I've moved into a polyamorous lifestyle, I've found that negotiating a relationship is really, really important. Um, And uh, you and I dated for a little bit and we had a very, very, I liked the way that we had our, our our negotiations and so I wanted to talk about that with you yeah why not use us as a launching off point I think we did a good job but I will have to say the whole concept of relationship negotiation did not exist to me before polyamory no no no, no. mono people don't do it at all it's just you're in one like that's the negotiation like do we call ourselves something and then if you have that one and you have like the exclusivity talk maybe then, well, then that's it. That's it forevermore. You're in that relationship. Well, and there's always that like period where you're just like, are we dating? Are we not dating? Like, what are we? And you never ask the other person. You just question it the whole time. Do you remember doing right. that when you were mono? I don't know. No, I mean, a little bit. Okay. I usually, I see, I, I'm a get in relationship fast, usually, kind okay. of girl. So yeah. there was not that much time of like, mm, it's just like all in. That's fair. I do the same thing. Yeah. So when I started doing poly, um, I very quickly got to that point because I like to get into relationships quickly. Um, I quickly got into the point where I would structure how I did this because I don't like having that gray area. Mm. Um, And so, I don't know, should I? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, So I usually have a rule, as as, as I've done in many cases. I've talked about my rules. Um, And my personal rule is that um, I'll go on a date with someone. 
very, very specific about whether or not it's a date. Because I don't like that, like, is this a date? Is that a date? I don't know. So I'll, I'll clear it beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> well, that alone, first of all, that's great. Uh-huh. And I so appreciate that from you. And I really wish I had just, like, learned that more. Because I feel like still to this day, I don't do that. And I'm like, I know better. Why don't I just do that? This is just, it's like practice. I'm not used to it. Yeah. And and that's what it is. The, by the time you and I had dated, I had gone through that enough times that I was, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I am attracted to so many people. And so like most of my friends. Okay. And so when I'm talking to someone and I'm making plans with them, I'm always open for it to be a date. Like I just am. Yeah. Um, and so when I really want it to be a date, um, I'll say so right away these days because I've gone through so many circumstances where I've gone out with someone and it just wasn't clear from the, from the get go. And I still have no idea if I was on a date at the end of it. Yeah. I've been <laughs> to like up to like five dates and still not know that they were totally not dates in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So <laughs> to get around that, um, I usually say, Hey, let's make plans. I want to take you out on a date. I want to go out with you. Yeah. Romantically. Wonderful. Um, step one. Step one. Okay. Good. Um, and then after that, um, I will go on one, two, three dates. And then by the third date, I am having uh, an expectation stock. That's what um, an ex-partner used to call it, where we discuss what I want because I'm already in love with someone swear to God um what I want what they want um like do we want to keep dating is this something we want to continue doing what's your schedule look like um that sort of stuff Um, and I think that we should go into this sort of stuff we talked about um because we had a very clear structure and I think that we met a lot of good points do you remember any of that um I remember when you told me that you like to have the date talk. I don't know if you call it expectation talk, but uh-huh. you're like the dating talk, something to that effect. Was that on date three? Yep. Uh-huh. That also blew my mind because I'm like, what is there to talk about? And then you have like an extensive <laughs> list of things to talk about, which were all very valid, good questions, just like I had never been asked any of them before. Okay. <laughs> what did that look like? Um, Do you remember any of it? Yeah, I remember. See, I'm, I'm. Uh, this is why. I, oh God. <laughs> I remember uh, the wine. I remember. <laughs> touch, I remember touching a lot. I remember um, being very distracted <laughs> while you were trying to talk to me about these things. All very important things to remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember like the taste in my mouth. My memory's weird. That's fair. I don't know if I remember the words that were said. I feel like I was fumbling a lot for it. Um, one of them was definitely, do we want to continue to date? Yeah. 
Are we dating? Yeah. Is this a romantic thing? Like just definitions of things. It can be so different exactly. from person to person. Like you were saying, like what is even a date versus what is dating? Totally separate things. That's that's a really good point. Um, will you exaggerate or exaggerate? Will you um, continue with that a little bit? Yeah. Well, like okay. So I used to just call dating like talking. You're talking to someone. Okay. And that could include having sex with them. But not necessarily. It's like before you figure out what the other terms of the relationship are, but you're hanging out and you're you're talking. Okay. Now that's what I would call dating. Okay. Which might be one step up from talking because now I use talking as like I'm literally just talking to them. Okay. So that's shifted a little bit for me. So, I mean, I might be talking dirty to them, but... But you're talking. Yeah. There's not, like, full-on dating happening yet. Okay. Yeah. So so these definitions include certain activities that are being... Yeah. Because when we talked, um, when we had our big, long talk, which was well after date number three... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through this a lot, and and you had very different ideas of what the word partner meant than I did. That's true. That was a different night, a different talk. It was when a we different talked night. about partner. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. All of this is 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 one big thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to have the whole conversation with you at the same time, but yeah, yeah. whatever. It was an extension. So, but back to the first night, I guess. Yes. Um, making out those definitions is, is really important. Um, uh, whether or not sex is included, I think is a very important thing. Um, at least for me, um, especially, I mean, like if I were seeing someone that, um, is asexual, um, or gray, uh, sexual, um, or anything like that. I mean, I, I went on a date with someone and we were talking about different stuff and, and um, sex and petting and, and that sort of stuff wasn't on the table at all. Hmm. Um, and that's very important information to know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's important information to know right off the bat so that you can understand what sort of relationship you're forming with someone. Yeah. See, I had never considered that there were relationships outside of that. Yeah. Outside of sex. And that makes sense f- for you. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm like, of course there is. That makes total sense. Why that would have to be like also just stated clearly whether that was part of the relationship. Yeah. Um, testing. Yeah. STI testing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was the extent of that first extent. conversation. A little bit. And a little bit like, you know, scheduling life, reality. Which is a polyamorous nightmare. Yeah. The talk was still pretty sexy, though. Was it? Yeah. I thought that I was nervous as hell. No, I I was nervous as hell. I just remember flirting with you a bunch. Then you were definitely doing all the work. I was like, along for the ride. All right, then. So after that, we had another talk. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, a more extensive talk, mm-hmm. and you 
let that talk in a lot of ways. I did. I surprised myself. I, it was awesome. Because there are a lot of things that I never considered, like, would be part of full disclosure. Okay. Because it's like, you should kind of know what you're getting into if you're saying you're willing to get into something with someone. Absolutely. Um, and that had never really been something I thought about because it was just like, well, you get to know someone, you'll get to know them. And that just takes time. But being upfront with like, there are certain things that could impact your life. And yes. it's like being more aware, like around agency and like, you can't have agency if you don't have all the information. So just more like, here's some information and you can kind of do what you want with that information. Yeah. I mean, so this sort of thing is, is really, really important. And it was really important for me at the time. Um, so that you can understand where, where you're going to fit into someone else's life Mm -hmm. and where they're going to fit into your life. So at the time that we had this specific conversation, um, you weren't entirely out as being polyamorous. That's true. Um, and so us discussing what a relationship would look like even, um, keeping that in mind was a very important thing. Um, we even discussed like a safe word so that, so that you could feel more comfortable about, about things and, and we could sort of work out how to, how to get around those different structures. Yeah. So, um, and, and it helped me understand how, like personally myself, what, whether or not I was comfortable with the amount of intimacy that was being that was being offered to me because that's what it comes down to is that each of you are offering something to the other person and, and deciding whether or not that is going to be enough or too much or, um, do you want something else? That sort of thing. So I felt very seen in that moment. Oh, that's good to know. Even though now I feel terrible about that, but why? Well, I just wish I would have, like, been out all the way right away. Yeah, but that's a personal thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But it kind of, like, I was just only selfishly thinking about my feelings, and you were the first person where I was like, well, this, like, can really suck for someone else, you know? And that's my biggest thing with... um... I come at that in a big way because of my relationship with, um, relationship anarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my biggest issue with hierarchical, um, polyamorous structures is that, um, oftentimes the situation is that one person, the, the person in the hierarchical relationship is saying, this is what you can have. Mm-hmm. And the other person has to say, okay. Right. 
or here's your box. Do you want to live in or it? leave the relationship? Yeah. And although it's true that people agree to those sort of sorts of relationships, I still don't know that. Like I, I it's morally gray in yeah. my eyes. Totally. Um. So when we talked about that sort of thing, because there was a limit when we were talking about it because yeah. you weren't all the way out. Um, one of the things that we discussed was, well, what does your coming out look like in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, what would a future relationship look like? Um, and as we're moving forward, how can I be supportive in how you want to move forward? Yeah. And you were so supportive. That was awesome. You were very like understanding of where I was at while at the same time, like really considering and being realistic with your own needs. Well, and I think that that's a big part of it is that like, so I wanted to be in a relationship with you and I recognized that there were limitations. Um, but what I really needed to know for myself was, are these going to be long-term or short-term limitations? And as I recognized that there was room for them to be short-term and there was room for me to, um, consent to the relationship, then how can I help? Oh, you're so great. It's self-serving in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, that is something that I have, like, just been aware of in other relationships that I've had. Like, I like I told you, I'm not really the person to ask a ton of questions or to consider lots of things. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm learning. Uh-huh. You've helped me learn. Um, but that is something that just because I was kind of on the fence to start around how out I even wanted to be. Yeah. Um, that I, like ask people before we're in social situations like hey are you out around being polyamorous can we be open affectionate etc and um just just to like make sure that i don't do the accidental disservice of outing someone yeah because that's so like not okay with me that i don't want to just like make a mistake and have it really be like a problem for someone yeah and and for me that was the revelation yeah um because i i had only dated people who were out as polyamorous Mm -hmm. before so coming up against the idea that someone is not out and that i it was important for me to be mindful of that sort of thing and not accidentally adding them was, was a new concept, um, that I'm, I'm very glad that you brought to the table. Yeah. And you so patiently described to me what hierarchy is. <laughs> it was a long conversation cause I did not get it. It was, um, it took me a minute because I think it actually, it's still kind of complex. I'm still kind of deconstructing it. Yeah. Um, So you very patiently described to me what your interpretation of hierarchy is in the polyamorous structure. 
And that took me a while to understand what you were saying. And I'm still something that I'm deconstructing what it means for me. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of revolutionary because coming to it from a married, closed, monogamous relationship, coming into polyamory, we kind of just assumed we were hierarchical. Uh-huh. Um and then when you were like, that means that you are limiting your other partner's agency, I was like, well, that's not something I want to be a part of. So wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe my definition of hierarchy is a little different or needs to shift. Yeah. Um, because to me, and maybe this is a whole other podcast, but to me, because I consider myself to have a primary partner, I'm still at least partially hierarchical. That makes sense. Because I'm not going to marry anyone else. Exactly. And that's just not what I'm open to or and it's I, just never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that is another podcast that we should go through because yeah. um, I personally am getting married and I'll be in a similar circumstance, but I very much myself and my fiance do not consider ourselves hierarchical at all. Right. Um, I think that'd be an interesting thing to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. We'll table that one. Great. But that was definitely part of the conversation was like, you know, how we practice mm-hmm. and what that looks like. Terms. There was more term definitions. So. It was like fucking <laughs> Socrates, the two of us deconstructing all these poly terms. We're like, but what does this mean? So the for, it's for, a long conversation. For the listeners out there. Um, this is a, I consider this a very important conversation to have, but it's not super exciting. It's, it's, it's philosophy. Yeah, it was, it was like coming down to like really interpretations of things. And it was interesting that like when we were talking about definitions and naming things, you're like, Oh, I just use the term partner. And at that point I was like, that's really serious. Like that to me isn't like, Oh, I'm dating someone. That's like, this is my partner. You're my partner in life. Like we are noted an amount of commitment. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, so can we unpack that little bit? Just, just a little more because I I, want to touch more on, on these sort of definitions because I think it's important for a lot of people. So when you have a relationship projecting over time as it evolves. Um, a lot of people look at the relationship escalator, you know, it's going up, whatever. Um, but there are different interactions that you have with different people. So like you are going on dates consecutively, um, you are becoming more committed and, um, and so you don't even have to talk about whether or not you're going to have a date anymore because you have something that's set up. Maybe that's the next point. And then you have another, another point where you're meeting each other's family, mm-hmm. um, and, and things progress from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have different terms for those. Right. Yeah. So what are those terms for you? And then I'll go through mine and then we can sort of. Yeah. Well, I told you a couple talking to you, mm-hmm. right? Then dating or going out. Okay. Then dating. Okay. So you've had a couple successful dates and you're continuing to see each other. Okay. Dating. Um, 
then maybe I guess he's like boyfriend, girlfriend, partner. Okay. And then there's like Beyonce and then there's spouse. Awesome. So from the time that we had that conversation to now, it sounds like some of the terms might have shifted a little bit. Quite possibly. Because when we, <laughs> when we had the conversation um, initially, you were putting boyfriend-girlfriend as its own thing. Yeah. And then partner Above was, that. was I still, more serious. I, I still say that. Okay. I still say that. Okay. I still think that. But I think you can have a boyfriend-girlfriend and not like those terms boy or girl oh, and just use partner yeah. and so i get why people use that and they might be describing the same level um but for me partner is a serious commitment is it yeah makes sense like i think like this is your partner in life you know you do in life together not just like we're a relationship is part of each of your lives yeah and that makes sense. For me, it starts out with like going out because I'm just mm-hmm. going out on a date with someone. Yeah. And You're that's testing like the water. One or two dates. Yeah. And then after that, I'm dating them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it's partner. Like, Straight to partner. Partner, but boyfriend, girlfriend, but... whatever someone is comfortable with. Yeah. Um, that's the term I use. And then after that, it's just, it's just like, they're my partner. Yeah. Well, how was it for you when I was like, I don't know if I ever want to give someone that kind of status. Well, when you started describing what partner meant to you, Mm -hmm. I understood. Mm -hmm. Um, I understood that we were talking about the same level of commitment. We were just using different words and that's why I wanted to have the conversation that I, that we were having and and why I think it's important to have that specific conversation. Like what sort of things go along with that? With like behaviors and expectations with being partners. No, just with like each, each level so that people are on the same page of like what they're expecting from their person. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Like I, I, I think that it, it varies person to person. Oh, absolutely. But for me, it would be something like, so this is where the expectations come in. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just going out with someone, um, like first or second date, then I'm just going out with them. Like mm-hmm. see where this is going. There's no expectations. No. Um, I personally don't even intend on sleeping with them, but I'm demisexual. Okay. So that's my own personal thing. Um, I might. But I'm not planning on it. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, when I start dating someone, then for me, um, I want to start incorporating different structures into the relationship. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to be straight up honest. This has a lot more to do with me hedging my insecurities than anything else. Hmm. Um, because I, if I'm forming a relationship with someone, I want to, I want to know that I can count on that continuing and that I just don't get abandoned because I've got abandonment issues. Hello. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like if I'm dating someone, then an expectation might be that we continue to go on regular dates. Hmm. Um, 
not set scheduled times, whatever. Right, but like, right. I know that I will continue to see them for the foreseeable future because right. that's interesting. And that's where I come from. Yeah. And then if I'm committing on a level of a partnership, like if I'm a partner with someone, um, then, then it's more of that. Um, mm-hmm. just, just sort of increasing the intimacy level, um, entwining our relationships more and more, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. Um, I don't have much beyond partner, like partners top yeah. of my list. So even though you have a fiance, how does that fit in? So as far as that goes, it's just the terms that we have decided to use. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't even like fiance. Um, I call uh-huh. her my wifey girlfriend. Oh. She calls me her wifey girlfriend. And That's we cute. said that, yeah. Um, and then and then when we're married it'll be wifey. Yeah. Um but like if I have a partner whom I am seeing and I'm seeing in a very, very committed way, then then my wife is not above them in any way. Mm. Um, and I think that's the difference, but that's a different podcast. Your wife is not above them in terms of priority preference. Yes. Yeah. But that's me. Yeah. So what else was part of this talk? There was a lot. We went through the, (laughs) the definitions. It's like, it's like a, um, it, it was a whole, uh, Symposium or something. It was. It was. And then, like you were saying, it took us a long time, I feel like, to get to the, like, needs. So, yeah. We we talked about needs. That's a good Mm -hmm. point. Do you remember what went into that at all? I feel like there were several conversations (laughs) around that. We had a lot of conversations. You have a need for clarity. Yes. Which is why we had a very long conversation. Right. Um, that's not really one of my needs. But that's why they're called needs. Yeah. I'm not really a detail person. So. So, yeah, yeah. So we went, um, definitions, um, and then needs. Um, and then after that is wants Mm -hmm. because wants are different than needs. Yeah. So like. Needs are the things that if we are going to continue in a relationship, then I must have this. Otherwise, right. I can't have a relationship. Right. Um, and then the wants are, I really like this in a relationship. Yeah. Um, do you want to share any of your needs? Like, do you have, like, ones that stretch across relationships? What do you mean? Like, needs that aren't specific to the individual, like, that are just, like, if you're going to be in a relationship with you, you need this. So, my needs... Um, are very tied to my love languages, which is another podcast. Um, and so my needs are, um, quality time. Mm -hmm. My needs are, uh, touch. Um, so like if I am in a romantic relationship with someone, then flirting and, and sex are, are part of it. Um, otherwise we have to define our relationship in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, not less committed, but different. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, my needs are communication. 
Yeah. Those that's are a good one. Those are the big ones. Yeah, I might not want that, <laughs> but I think I, I think I need it. Yeah. It makes things much easier. And then the thing with communication, though, is like as soon as I think I've communi- like over communicated, uh-huh. communicate more. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then reiterate it and reflect it and communicate more. And then sleep on it and yeah. and and talk again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because things change. They do. People change. They do. And, and hopefully relationships change. And that's a big part of this too, is that as when I think that everyone should do this, but I'm going to catch it by saying that when I have a relationship with someone, um, I like the idea of um, renegotiating things from time to time. Yeah. Um, if, if necessary. Are you still in this? Do you still want this? Or are, do you have any new needs that aren't being met? Yep. Is there anything new that you want? Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be something that's set aside and structured, but touching base with your partner is really fucking important. Yeah. Yeah. On like a regular basis. Yeah. All the time. So needs and wants. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a fun part where we talked about kink. Yeah. And sex. That was, uh-huh. that, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, revisited our, um, our, uh, STI status. Mm-hmm. It's another important thing. Yeah. Uh, mental health. You yeah. brought up mental health. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, just being someone who has multiple mental illnesses, it's like, maybe it would be good and useful information for uh, someone that I'm dating to have as like just what it can be like, just the reality. So straight up, this is what it's like dating me. If we're going to be closer, then you need to know this information. Well, yeah, especially when it comes with things like tendencies to push people away (laughs) and to isolate and you know like things that might like really change the dynamic Uh uh-huh or Um, or being over clingy yeah or just like diminished capacity you know like i yes it's it's very important um and i'm glad now it seemed i'm like oh this is information you probably never really need uh but i'm sharing it with you anyway and i'm so glad that i did because i think that's part of how we're still in relationship yes absolutely is because you were like had a preface that that was something you know that things could change absolutely yes and giving that sort of information to someone all the very, very hard. Yeah. It, it, it requires a lot of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, but it builds immense intimacy with someone yeah. and, and it provides opportunities for people to, um, to, to communicate more in the future mm-hmm. and to understand why you're making the choices that you're making. Right. And, um, even if they're not choices, because yeah. when you're dealing with mental health, like we are, sometimes it's not much of a choice. Yeah. Um, and it creates better understanding and that's what, that's why I think 
having these conversations with people, negotiating this is is so important. And along with the mental health thing is like, well, if there are certain things that are specific triggers for something like PTSD, then it's actually like really only fair to give your partner the information that certain things could be not like really not okay. Really, really important. Yeah. If X happens, I'm gonna see. Yeah. That's not that like I try not to see that as like forever, but it's like a process of working through these things. And yeah. if there's something that can like really be necessary, useful information, um, even something that's so silly, like you know, we go out in crowds like this is what it might be like for me yeah I mean I have the same thing yeah absolutely (laughs) and it's just like that you know becomes pertinent in dating really fast it's not always like the deep level to me the intimate things that could come up it could be normal ordinary things like I told you about my balloon phobia you were like I will never bring you balloons like thank you (laughs) Already relieved. <laughs> or like, if we go out and there's a balloon, I might freak out. Yes. Which happens way more than you think. Why are people still so into balloons? Well, there was a balloon at my house I know. once for my birthday there party, was. so I had to move it. You did. It was I fun. was like, can you put it in the other room? Yes. I know it's your balloon. <laughs> like, I was having such. I was struggling so much to just be present, and then I was finally like, I could just tell Roman to move the fucking balloon, yeah. and <laughs> it was fine. And I felt better. Awesome. Yeah. So are there any other points that we missed, do you think? There's one more thing I want to talk about, but... Yeah. What is it? For this specific. My question is... How do metamorphs fit in this? Mm. How do you think metamorphs fit in this? See, I have a a hard time because it's like, oh, well... The thing about ethical non-monogamy is everybody knows. Yes. Um, but I have a hard time, like, when you're just dating someone really casually or you've only been on a few dates, like, when is it appropriate to be, like, and these are all the list of people that I'm seeing in the current level of relationship I have with them. Oh, and first Do date. you want to be involved with them or not? First date. Yeah. That's usually, like, I mean, that, that's. Really? First date? Not the whole, do you want to be involved with them? But like, these are all the people I'm seeing. That's a first date thing. Really? Absolutely. It's a part of my life. See, I wouldn't get there until like maybe second or third. It's not a negotiation point. People are just talking. That's that's a part of my life. I remember... Are you polyamorous? I'm polyamorous. How do you practice poly? I practice poly this way. But like, what if you're someone like me and you see a lot of like people really casually, like who's worthy of mention? You know what I mean? Oh, see that's They're like, I went on one day with date with Bob and I'm sleeping with Joe (laughs) when I may may never see them again. Um, But I could or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, what is it? Like, put up the like whole roster, you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> I forgot that part of our conversation. I forgot that that was included for you because that's not a part of mine because I'm, I'm like, demisexual and I only see, well, that's not a demi part, but I only see people seriously. Right. 
It kind of makes it a little easier in that regard. Yeah. I, I, but do you see what on the first date? You don't want to just list yeah. all the people you're sleeping with. <laughs> I believe you brought that up on the third date. See, that's a third date or sort of thing. It's like, <laughs> these are all the people I'm talking to. Yeah. But then you, what, do you have to like keep someone apprised all the time when their situation changes? No. And like, then you start sleeping with them. You had a good rule, though. You had a good way of dealing with it. I try to think, as usual, I try to think of you when I'm being reasonable and rational. You'll have to remind me what it is. You said if it involves your heart or your genitals, I want to know about it. The heart and genitals rule. I forgot all about that. I love it. Yeah. And to me, that eliminates like a lot of the other necessary things. I'm like, oh, I have plenty of things that don't involve either. Yeah. And it makes... Like it, it makes perfect sense to me. I, I hope it made sense to you. It's yeah. Like good. if it involves your genitals, it involves my safety. If I'm having sex right. with you. Um, so I want to know about it in case I should get tested again or yeah. what have you. Um, and if it involves your heart, I want to know about it because I like your heart. Yeah. I'm kind of connected to your heart. Yeah. It's, so that's my rule. I still have a really hard time talking to people about other people that I'm seeing. Okay. And I'm not like purposely withholding. I think it's just awkward. And I think I don't know how to make it less awkward or how to bring it up or how to, cause I really like to focus on the person I'm with when I'm with them and make them feel like they're the most special person and they're the only person in the whole world. Okay. Me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but I've had people call me out and be like, it's kind of weird. Why don't you ever talk about your other partner? Um, or like ask me questions directly and I'm like thrown off guard and I'm like, uh, now I'm suddenly talking about this other relationship that feels weird when we should just be talking about our relationship, but it affects, it affects, it affects things. Um, but especially with people I've seen casually, I think it's harder to like keep track of like, Oh, they were dating so-and-so and then they left. So if like I have questions, I just ask questions like, Oh, who's this new person or how long has this been going on? And like, I like to sometimes know those things. So I'll ask about them. Um, but I don't always just like bring it up unless I'm maybe asked right away. I think that that's fine. As long as you're not actively hiding anything. I think, I think what is important is that you're discussing the things that will affect your relationship with the other person. Yeah. And or affect the other person's relationship with you. Right. Well, I'm realizing that, like, how much time you actually have, how many people you're seeing, does mm-hmm. affect. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> other people. Um, like, how much, where the, where they kind of fit in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, time is finite. Uh, one good question that someone asked me, like, um, maybe second date, it was a great question that I think deserves to be on there is what's your, um, well, how many people are you seeing and what's your polysaturation? That's a great question. And I, will you describe yeah, polysaturation? I didn't, I was, sh- I was like, what does that mean? And, uh, she laughed at me <laughs> and was like, 
Oh, cute little Polly newbie. I will tell you, polysaturation means like your limit, your capacity when you've reached how much time, energy, I wouldn't say love because I think love is infinite, but time, energy, just physical things uh-huh. uh, that we share <laughs> are limited. So like, where's your limit in terms of how many people you're willing to be involved with? Yeah. Um, that is an important thing. And then I told her, and then she laughed at me again. It was like, that's unreasonable. That's that's completely unreasonable. Um, What was the number? Which it was. What was the number? Do you want to guess? 12. Oh, you think highly of me. No, I said seven. Okay. I thought nine, and then I I thought maybe maybe more. But to me, that doesn't include people you're sleeping with, because that requires no level of commitment. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um for the record my poly saturation index is two or three yeah that seems much more reasonable <laughs> that's probably where mine like actually is okay i think it's three or four no i think it's three or four i mean if you're a cute girl though i'll, I'll make room Hi. <laughs> Clear some shit out of the way. But it's it's hard. Just like, to, yeah. you know, scheduling and working it out. And then to me personally, because I'm married and I have, we're nesting partners, like, I don't, I want to have a majority of my time available for my husband. Really fast. What's nesting partner? Um, It's a person you choose to... Oh, I'm just gonna say horrible things about what we actually do. Um, <laughs> that you live Scandalous. with. That you live with. Okay. Yeah. You can awesome. have more than one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that we've touched much, much of stuff. Yeah. Um, lately, I've been looking at and and reevaluating how I want to negotiate with my metamors personally as well. Yeah. Um, discussing what sort of relationship I want to have with them. Yeah. Um, their comfort level, that sort of stuff. I don't have an answer yet because quite frankly, they do not choose you like, so, so you're, you're a part of their lives regardless. Well, it really is a whole other level of negotiation. Exactly. Because it's like, okay, you can make all these relationship negotiations with the person you're with. And then it's like, well, how does your other partners, what do they want? Yeah. And I've had totally mixed things. Like, um, like said, like, oh, are they interested in getting to know me more? Yeah. Like, do we need to hang out? Or like, not need to, but like would they want to do I reach out to them that sort of thing can I reach out to them and just being like no like they know who you are you're gotten approval quote unquote and that's enough don't need anything else to do with them yeah it's just different preferences I guess it is see I like kitchen table poly yeah um which means that I like to have a really close um relationship with my metamors if possible yeah. Granted, I have had metamors where I have had no relationship whatsoever and have been very against having a relationship with. So it depends. 
But yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to revisit my thoughts on whether or not negotiating a relationship with a metamor is something that needs to happen and mm. how to go about doing that. Yeah. Um, especially as, um, right now I'm looking at moving in with a metamor. Yeah. Um, and so that requires a lot of negotiation. Yeah, I would imagine. Hey, everyone. Being polyamorous means talking a lot. Yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm very kitchen table. I prefer if everyone just was in love with each other. And it just, like, everyone could live in a giant compound together. But look like, property and just, like, partners would shift around. You might have primary ones, whatever. But, like, I just... Lucas is love. more big love. 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 Right? That's what you call big love. Yeah. I'd call it big love. I've never yeah. heard the term, That's but yes. That's my romantic fantasy, I guess, is that oh. all my metamors are awesome, and they're also maybe I get to do stuff with them too sometimes, or hang out with them, or know them, or have relationships with them on my own too. Which is perfectly reasonable, and it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. So, um, did we miss anything? Is there anything you want to add? Do you have any deal breakers? A hierarchy? Like strict hierarchy? Ooh. Is a deal breaker for me? I would say it's... I get asked a lot what like what my rules are. Yeah. Just an assumption that there are rules. I have never gotten that question before for myself. Wow. We date in different circles. Yeah. Um but that would actually be a deal breaker for me. If someone asked me about rules, I'm like set out the rules. I'd be like Sorry, if they asked you about you. rules or if they set, gave you rules? Um, if they gave me rules, yeah. that's an absolute deal breaker. If they asked me about rules, I'd definitely be tiptoeing on that relationship. Like, I, I, I don't know that, like, if someone Cause that's where comes they're at coming me and from. says, yeah. what are your rules, yeah. then I have an understanding of the types of relationships they've been in. Right. And so, um, and so I'm, that's, that's a red flag for me. I'm definitely asking a lot more questions. Yeah. When I asked someone once, um, I wasn't dating them, but, uh, they're poly and, uh, and they were talking about how they tried to be poly in their last relationship. And I was like, Oh, well, what, what happened? Like, how come it didn't work out? And their response was she didn't follow the rules. And I was like, bye now. Ooh, red flag, red flag, red flag. Bye-bye. I'm like, it just, it's so, ugh. So, yeah. That's tough. Even though I have, like, rule light, at rule adjacent. <laughs> Do you say that's fair? Because they're not, like. Do you have rules for me? If If we're dating, do I have rules? No. Then everything's fine. Yeah. I just, there are certain like, okay, negotiations and requests and like things within our primary relationship that's like, hey, things tend to work better if they go like this. And is that an option to try and meet those requests? And if it is, then yes. And if it's not, then it's not. But they're not like rules. You either follow them or I think, you're out. You know what I mean? I think that the, the difference between rules and that sort of thing is, is there room to negotiate? Right. 
Because when you're talking about rules and, and the, the type of thing that's a deal breaker for me is there is no room to negotiate this. Right. Yeah. And so I'm out. I've been, I've been a, a secondary before. I, people didn't call it that. Right. But I've definitely been in a position where there was relation, there was a primary relationship that was very much primary. Mm-hmm. It didn't work well for me. Mm-hmm. And it works fine for some people. It does. Mm-hmm. I don't like being in that position. So. Right. So it's a deal breaker for me. Yeah. What about you? Deal breakers? Mm, I mean, like, probably the obvious ones, like just completely unaware racism, homophobia, oh. et cetera. I, mean, I hope that's just a given. <laughs> that's, that's like human deal <laughs> That's like human deal breakers. I don't even um, want to be friends with that person. Yeah, that's tough. Um, relationship deal breakers. <sighs> I mean, there's stupid things. Like if you chew with your mouth open. I... Knew you were going to go there. I... We're done. I can't do that. I cannot. Mouth popping. Yeah. You make mouth. <laughs> if you make unsolicited mouth sounds, I cannot be in a relationship with you. It's just not going to work. Um, That's legitimate. Yeah. It's it's more out there than a lot of people's <laughs> rule or deal breakers, but it is legitimate. The whole concept of deal breakers and rules actually like arbitrarily ends lots of relationships. I've seen people just be like, well, they cheated on me, so I have to leave them now. I'm like, well, do you want to? Like, no, not at all. I would rather work on it, but I have to because that's like the rule. So that whole concept has always been very strange to me. Like, if you like somebody, you'll always work on it until it reaches a point between you two that you can't and maybe it's more healthy for you to not be with them. That's a totally different thing, though. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So, so I, I'm, and and I, I hear where you're coming from. I'm reading deal breakers though more as boundaries. Mm. So, like, these are things that I, I cannot emotionally work with. Republicans, conservatism for me, <laughs> hatred. Uh, that that that's fair, and for me, in a lot of cases, that that is true for me as well. Um, as as a, member of the LGBTQ community if someone voted for Trump then yeah, yeah. date over <laughs> and now that you've gotten to episode whatever this is um, and, and found out what kind of politics that we follow um, I don't know maybe we're, we're saying goodbye to a lot of you <laughs> I highly doubt it All right. Well, that has been another episode of Dating Out Loud. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed. And if you did, why not share with your friends? Why not follow us on Facebook and on Instagram? And so you can subscribe on our website as well, datingoutloud.com. Lots of queer content. Yeah. So much queer content. And don't forget to listen next time. Give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Ooh, what if they do? Will we do something for them? Um, I don't know, but it it increases the chance that there will be more podcasts. Yeah. Ooh, we'll make more podcasts.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Dating Out Loud. Don't forget to like, follow, share, and subscribe.